are listening to New Life The Fort. We pray that this message encourages you and helps you stay Jesus-focused. Hey, it's so good to be with you guys. It's so exciting. Thanks for allowing us to be here this morning. I just, um, I just wanted to share before Chad um, preaches this morning that, um, you know, as I walked into this place, we had the opportunity to be here Thursday night as well. And um, you guys can sit down if you want. <laughs> um, as I was walking in, um, I felt like there was gravel under my feet. You know what gravel is? Like stony. And, uh, and I thought, that's kind of strange because there's not gravel on the ground. Um, and I thought, that's, that's kind of a strange thing to walk into. But um, as I was just sitting or standing in the presence, um, I just looked down and... I saw that on the ground it wasn't gravel, it wasn't like stones, it was like precious jewels. And as we'd walked into the place, we were walking into a foundation of precious jewels. And you know, the other place that we find um, that picture is in Revelation 21, when it talks about being in heaven. You know, this place carries an anointing where you walk into an atmosphere of heaven That's pretty awesome. (laughs) That is fantastic. But then I saw that there was more to it than that. And I saw that um, there was like perfume that had been poured out on the feet of those in the room. And I believe that an aroma was arising. You know, beautiful are the feet of those who carry good news. Who carries good news? Who takes heaven out of this place and far beyond? Yeah, are we ready to do that? Have a look at your feet. Have a look at those feet. Those feet are made for walking. (laughs) And the good news that Jesus brings is not just for this place. It's not just so we allow heaven to come into this place and God's glory to rest on this place, but it's so that we go out beyond this place and we let others know the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's placed those jewels on the ground and all you have to do is reach down, pick them up and release those to other people that they may know the precious gift of life. I also got this morning, I just feel that God is going to open up your senses. You know what your senses are? Smell, touch, taste, sight. There's another one. I've, I've lost it. Smell. This. Smell. Hearing. Hearing beautiful hearing. I just get the sense that God is going to open up all of those things uh, that you may know him more, that your spiritual senses may be more aware of those around you, that you may reveal who he is to others. You know, if you're someone who just eats the same food every single day or very similar flavors all the time, you don't have a rich palate. But if you're someone who tries many different foods, well, then you are allowed to also... There is is a greater, um, I guess, enjoyment. There's a greater variety. And I just get the sense that God is going to show you a greater variety of sounds, of tastes, of sights. He's going to show you his glory in way new ways. And it's going to be a really joyful experience. Here's Chad. Come on, come on. Hands together. Thank you, babe. Well, 
Very good. Well, it is out. It's Jay's first visit to the Philippines, and uh, I think uh, I can say for both of us, we love your country. This is my third visit with you, and I'm so glad to hear that Pastor Mitch and Alvin believe we're part of the family here, and uh, that's a great thing. You know, I I want to serve Jesus, but I want to serve Him with friends, uh, because God has not called us to walk the Christian journey on our own. Christianity is not about God and me only. It is about God, me, and us together manifesting his nature, his name and his nature to those around us. And as God created Adam and he put him in a garden, he looked at that situation and as wonderful it would be to walk with God in the cool of the day without any shame, free to know the God that made you, to hear his voice and to walk with him, Adam looked, uh, God looked at that situation and said, it's still not good enough. It's very good because I created all things very good, but it's still not good enough. I'm going to make him a partner so that they can walk this journey out together. God has called us to partnering together in the gospel, and I think that's a beautiful thing. How many of you agree, can agree with that? I tell you what, one of the wonderful partnerships we all have in the Christian life is a partnership with our leaders. And uh, I think before we get on today, how about we pray for Pastor Josel and Mylene and uh, their vacation and their time in, in America. Can we do that? Are you ready to pray for your pastors? Is that, is that okay? Should we stand to our feet and do that with great enthusiasm? Do you know what the word enthusiasm means? Theo, and the, the word enthusiasm, theos, is the Latin word for God, like theology. N means in, en theos, in God. In enthusiasm is what happens when God is in you and you are in God. It is the most natural and normal thing for Christian community to be enthusiastic because the God of all life is within us. So why don't we praise God enthusiastically for Pastors Josella and Mylene and we bless them, Lord God, in your name. We honour you and we thank you for them and we declare them blessed Above all measure, we declare the grace of God upon them that gives them unusual advantages in life and surprises around every corner. And we agree with the prophetic stated over them that this will be more than a holiday. This will be a holy day, a holy moment of encountering you and engaging with you in ever-increasing glory. And as a church family this morning, we say they are blessed in Jesus' name. And why don't you give an enthusiastic yes and amen or something like that. Woo! All right, bless you. Why don't you take your seats again? You know, when I was first here, uh, one of the things I, I love about um, this church is your name. I think it was Shakespeare that said, what's in a... Well, actually, there's a lot in a name. A name's very important. This morning, we've been worshipping the name of Jesus. Uh, I think it was Pastor Alvin said, no matter what name is confronting you or challenging you at this time, it is the name of Jesus that can overcome that. Jesus has a name and there is something powerful about names. I love the fact that your church is called New Life, the Fort. And God is called the God of all comfort. A fort is a fortress. It is a place of safety and security and comfort is when the fort has come. The God of all comfort. You bring comfort to people and as the fortress comes, the safety and security of God comes into a situation. 
I also love the fact that you are called new life. Zoe life. And that you are called new life. You know, in the scriptures, in the Greek, in the New Testament, there are two words uh, that are used in Greek for the word new. And the first word is the word neos. And it means the most recent. So you have... Uh, you know that you have Divergence and then you have Insurgent. And Insurgent is the most recent movie in the, in the trilogy. Okay, that's the most recent one. And it's the same, similar to the other one, but it's just more recent. Then you have a word, Kainos. And Kainos is very different. It means a totally new thing like we've never seen before. It means brand new, unprecedented, never seen, never heard of. It's not just the most recent thing. It is a totally new technology. It is a totally brand new phenomenon. It is a totally new concept. And in the scriptures, that word kainos is used to describe a number of things. But here's the three big ones. It is used by Paul to describe the new covenant. Jesus sits at a meal with his friends. He's having a lamb roast, Passover. And he takes a glass of wine and he said, this wine is the new covenant. You guys know, to his Jewish friends, what covenants are. We've had many of them. We've had a number of covenants with God through our history. But what I'm bringing to you is a brand new one that is totally different to any covenant you've experienced before. It's not just the most recent covenant. No, it is an unprecedented covenant that is totally different to anything we've ever seen. It is a kainos covenant. And on my first visit to this church, I preached out of my, my revelation and understanding of the new covenant. How many of you are glad that we have a kainos, a new covenant with God that is made to us in Christ? And this church believes that and preaches that, and it is so important. The wonder of the new covenant is that we can access heaven boldly, confidently, courageously, because we are clothed and covered in Christ Jesus. He is our righteousness. He is our holiness. I am as holy as Jesus. It is my legal standing because I am clothed and covered in him. And that is the wonder of the new covenant, that the righteousness of God is gifted to you and your legal standing before a holy God is totally changed. Wow. And 2 Corinthians 5 brings us another understanding of the word new, another teaching. Paul says, if anyone be in Christ, if in, anyone, in other words, if anyone is in the new covenant, in Christ, in the new covenant, he becomes a new creation. A new creation, a never before seen creature. That's why Jesus could say, as awesome as all the prophets in the Old Testament were, I mean, they were amazing. But he said, all of them, the greatest one among them is my cousin, John, the baptizer. John, the baptizer. Because he was no Baptist, right? (laughs) John, the baptizer. He's not like any Baptist I've ever met. Anyway, so he was John, the baptizer. And he said, listen, he's the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets, but the least in the kingdom is even better than him. Why? Why? 
Because in the kingdom of God, we are new creations. Never before seen, a whole new race of people has begun. You are an awesome supernatural being. And one of the amazing revelations of the new creation is not that you can access heaven like the new covenant teaches me, but that heaven is within you. You are the new wineskin that contains the life of God on this planet. The new covenant teaches me that whatever I want, I can go to my dad's kitchen when I'm hungry and I can open the fridge, refrigerator, and I can take out whatever I need because God my Father will meet all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. In Christ, all my needs are met and I can go to my father's house, open his fridge and take whatever I want. That's my new covenant revelation. But my new creation revelation teaches me not only can I access God's provision, not only can I access God's fridge, but as a new creation on this planet, I become heaven's fridge. Because heaven is within me. And I become a walking, talking resource center of heaven on earth. You see, my friends, heaven is our home and it is our ultimate destination. But heaven on earth is our assignment. Heaven on earth, dispelling, dispensing the resources of heaven on earth is our assignment as long as we live here. In my new covenant revelation, I understand that I am a a priest. We are all priests in the new covenant. We know that. And I, as a priest, I can access God. I minister from earth to heaven as a priest. But in my new uh, creation revelation, I understand that I'm not only a priest, I am a king. Because we are royal priests. As a priest, I minister from earth to heaven. But as a king, I minister from heaven to earth. And I bring heaven on earth with me everywhere that I go. My friends, we have a new covenant relationship with God. In the new covenant, we become new creations because of what Christ has done. And there's a third instance when Paul uses the word kainos. And it's in Ephesians 2 when he speaks about the gospel. In the gospel, Jesus has broken down a dividing wall of hostility. And it's not the wall of hostility between God and man that he's talking about. That's true. But in this instance, it's the dividing wall of hostility between Jews and Gentiles. It's the dividing wall of hostility between different groups of people on the planet. And he said, God in Christ has made one new community. A new man. Because of the new covenant, Kainos covenant, brand new, new covenant, we become new creations. And as new creations, God forms us together into a new community. A community that is not joined because of our race, our ethnicity, our background, our language, our color, our creed. That what joins us together is what Christ has done. We are a new race of people on the earth together, together, together. One man, one humanity, one community. Our brother shared before about what happened on Good Friday. 
which is only a few days away, when Jesus was on the cross. And while he was on the cross and he was shedding the blood of the new covenant, the soldiers come and they take a sword and they place it in his side and out of his side flowed blood and water. Now, blood and water has a prophetic importance to it. What happens, ladies, when you have a baby? What flows? Blood and water. On the cross, as Jesus was pierced and blood and water flowed from his side, it was a prophetic picture of Jesus giving birth. Do you remember Adam in the garden when God took out of his side his bride? In the garden of Eden, Adam gave birth to his bride. On the cross, Jesus gave birth to the new community. He gave birth to a whole new group of people. The church of the living God was birthed that day from his side. And 49 days later, on the day of Pentecost, on the 50th day after that community was born, she was introduced to the world. And on that day, in Acts chapter 2, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what appeared to be on them, cloven tongues as of fire. And the onlookers saw, and they heard the sounds, and they saw the sights, and they said, what is this? What is going on? These men appear drunk. What happened that day? Heaven and earth collided and heaven came to rest on that new community. And what the onlookers saw, they saw things with their eyes. They heard sounds with their ears. Those people experienced sensations that day because they experienced what was kind of like drunkenness. They were overwhelmed with the glory and goodness of God. There were sights, there were sounds, there was speech because they spoke in new tongues. All these were signs of the eternal realm breaking into the time-space world. It was a taste of heaven on earth, heaven on a community. Sights, heaven has sounds. Heaven has sights. Heaven has sensations. Heaven has speech. And I want to propose to you this morning that heaven also has a smell to it. A smell to it. You know, we've had a, we have a friend in, uh, sometimes in our services, in our church, we've had people say, you know, Chad, as you were preaching, I smelt this rose, just this beautiful wafting rose fragrance in the air. It was a supernatural smell. We have a friend of ours in, in New Zealand who for a whole week, as they walked into their auditorium, they could smell the fragrance of wine in their building. They've had meetings where they've literally heard supernatural sounds blow through the building. It's not the air conditioning. It's not the fans. Nothing was moving. And they heard the sound of the winds of God. Supernatural breakings of heaven on earth. And my friends, that is what we are called to carry. The sights, the sounds, the smells, the speech of heaven as it is on earth. Because we, in the new covenant, can access heaven. As new creations, we carry heaven with us together as a new community. And I want to speak to you this morning out of a simple verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Where Paul says this of us. He says, thanks be to God 
who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. The new covenant means that we are in Christ. All right. Say, in Christ. God is always leading you in triumphal procession in Christ. All right, that is our legal standing in the new covenant. It is a victorious covenant. New in Christ. He is always leading us in triumphal procession and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Not only are we in Christ, but Christ is in us and through us the fragrance of the knowledge of him is spread through us the fragrance of heaven touches earth new life the thought i've come with a very simple word for you today you are heaven sent to carry heaven's scent you are heaven sent you are a supernatural spiritual being from another planet you are from heaven. You're not only in the new covenant, which means you're an earthly creature that can access heaven. No, you are a new creation who is a heavenly creature that is experiencing earth for a temporary period of time. One day soon, you're going to take off your earth suit. You are a spirit who has a body, who's living in a body. But one day you're going to take this thing off. Just like today, you're going to go home and take off a shirt. One day, you're going to take off your earth suit and you are going to be this eternal spirit that you are. You are a heavenly creature on this planet as a new creation. You are heaven sent to carry heaven's scent on this planet. You spread everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. You have a role as long as you live on this planet to demonstrate what God is like. And to express the nature of his atmosphere on this planet. Come on. Your, our role as Christians is not just to encounter heaven or experience and enjoy heaven. No, our job is to carry heaven's scent with us to express heaven in our everyday life. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. I want to talk to you about having a triple A atmosphere rating about carrying a triple a atmosphere carrying the aroma of heaven so what is within you can come out and change the environment around you how many of you know that a powerful smell can change the environment in an instant come on it can change the environment you carry heaven's aroma within you and your job is to change the environment around you Jesus said, you are the light of the world. We know that he is the light of the world. We've come to him in the new covenant. And now he said, as the father has sent me, now I send you. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And your job is to go to where there is blandness and bring the taste and the flavor of God to it. Like Jay was sharing before, to bring taste to where you go, to bring light to where you go, to bring the scent of heaven wherever you go, and to let what is in you out of you. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Do you remember Jesus when he was asleep on a boat and there was a storm 
that came through in the middle of the night. And in the midst of that storm, the disciples were freaking out. And what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. The reason he could sleep in the midst of the storm is because the atmosphere within him was more powerful than the atmosphere around him. The peace that was within him was greater than the turmoil that was around him. And so no matter how tumultuous the sea was, no matter how loud it was, no matter how fearful it was, the peace within him superseded it and he could sleep in the midst of the storm. Which is why when he was woken up from his sleep and the disciples said, come on, Jesus, help us. He went out to that storm and he looked at it and he just told it to be still. With his words, he let the atmosphere within him come out of him and change the atmosphere around him. Are you getting this? The atmosphere he carried within him came out And it changed in an instant the atmosphere around him. My friends, you are called as carriers of the aroma of heaven to change the atmosphere around you. Your workplace is better as soon as you get there. Your classroom at school is a better place as soon as you show up. Your family gatherings are okay, but as soon as you get there, it gets better because heaven has walked into the room. The Holy Spirit has come. An atmosphere changer is there, ready to change the atmosphere of that environment. Tomorrow you go to your work and you stick your head up high and your chest out and you go, you know what? This workplace is better today because I'm there. I'm carrying heaven within me. And no matter how depressing the atmosphere might be, no matter how negative it might be around me, greater is he that is in me than any atmosphere that might be around. And I'm going to let heaven within me out today. I am heaven sent to carry heaven sent. And I'm going to make this place smell a whole lot better. Come on. I want, to tell you, I want to explain to you what I see as being uh, attributes of this atmosphere that you and I carry. What does heaven's atmosphere, heaven's aroma look like? What does it smell like? And I want to talk about us having a triple A atmosphere rating. That's three points. And the first one is this. We are to carry with us, from within us coming out, an atmosphere or an aroma of appreciation and anticipation appreciation and anticipation appreciation is about looking back to what god has done and being grateful for that anticipation is about looking forward to what god is going to do and being excited about that How many of you want to be a part of a church that is full of an atmosphere of both appreciation for what God has done and anticipation for what he is going to do? How many of you think that's a good church environment? That's what new life looks like. The women who put oil on Jesus' feet, perfume oil, it says in the Gospels when they poured the oil on his feet, the perfume filled the house. It changed the atmosphere around them. And those two women who did that, one of them poured out oil on Jesus' feet because of her appreciation. It says in the Gospels that she was a sinful woman and that she had committed many sins in her life. And she pours out the oil on Jesus' feet. The atmosphere of the room changes. 
And Jesus uses it as a lesson and says, listen, the reason this woman has loved me so much is because she knows she has been forgiven much. She is grateful for the forgiveness she's received. He tells a story. He says, listen, there are two men who both owed uh, a certain man some money. And one man owed him a billion pesos. And one man owed him a thousand pesos. And the man, came, uh, the man came to these two men one day and said, listen, I'm going to cancel both of your debts. The man with a thousand pesos, you are debt free. The man with a billion pesos, you are debt free. And Jesus said, now listen, of those two men, which one will love the master the most? And Simon said, well, obviously it's the guy with the most debt that's been cancelled, the billion pesos. He's going to be extra grateful. And Jesus said, that's right. And he said, no offence, mate, but when I came into your house, you barely even washed my hands, and yet this woman has washed my feet with her hair. You know, the reason she loves me so much, the reason she's so grateful is because she understands that she's been forgiven of a huge amount of debt. He who is forgiven much loves much. Now, you know, when I was young, I hated that story because I was a good church kid. I was a really good kid and I felt like I was going to be ripped off by that story. I thought, how can I love God if I've been a good church kid? I haven't been forgiven much. And so I thought, well, maybe what I need to do when I'm older is go out and become a drug dealer and, you know, and, and, and join a gang and get with prostitutes or, or do something that's really bad. And then I can come back to God. And because I'll be forgiven much, I'll love him more. Maybe that's what I need to do. Is that what I need to do? Maybe that's what I need to do. I mean, I've never stolen anything of significance in my life. When, when I was 13, I had a couple of cigarettes, but that's all. I've never done drugs. I've never, never been drunk on alcohol to the point where I can't remember anything. I, I, I've never really done that. I've never even kissed a girl until I met Jay. Come on, we were virgins on the day we got married. I didn't sleep around. <laughs> I tell people, we, I think we were still virgins the next day as well because <laughs> we worked it out eventually. Don't worry, we... We figured out what we're doing. But listen, that's not the point. The point is, how can I love God if I haven't sinned a great deal? And God showed me, listen, mate, it's not how much you sin. It's how deep the revelation of the forgiveness of God you have. It is so important we understand the wonder of the grace and the goodness of God and his forgiveness for us. And that is why your pastors constantly remind you of God's goodness that was accomplished at the cross. Because as we carry a revelation of how wonderful our forgiveness is, our whole life is lived out of appreciation and that appreciation will change the environment around you. The whole Christian life is a response to what God has already done. We only love because He first. We only serve because He first served us. We only are excited about Him because He was first excited about you. The only reason we sing is because God sang over you first. Zephaniah chapter 3 says He sings over us. The whole Christian life is a response in gratitude to what God has done. And that woman demonstrates that story. The other woman poured oil on Jesus' feet just before he died. And the disciples wanted to stop her. And Jesus said, no, 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 don't, 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 don't stop her. She is preparing me for my death. She is preparing me for my burial. 
What she is doing with this perfume, this fragrance that she is releasing, is in, is in anticipation of what I am going to do. The first woman carried an aroma of appreciation for what God had done. The second woman had an aroma of anticipation for what Jesus was about to do. I don't just want to be a part of a church, as wonderful as it is to be grateful for the past. That is so important and we should. We should be grateful for the past. We should honor the past. We should celebrate what God has done in the past. But a church that only does that often doesn't go very far. It is important to be grounded in appreciation for the past. But my friends, it is so important for us to be a people that look forward in anticipation to the future. I, I want to be grateful for what God did this year in March. This is mad, magnificent March for New Life the Ford with Jesus Festival and the gifts you've had through and the people that have come to Christ and the miracles that have happened. I want us to look back on March this year and go, boy, we're grateful and we'll always be grateful for March 2015. But I tell you, we're, not, we're just not happy to be grateful for what God has done in the past. We're going to look forward to Jesus Festival next year. We're going to look forward to next month. We're going to look forward for five years' time. Whatever that looks like, we're going to look forward in anticipation. Because God wants us to keep moving on an atmosphere of appreciation and an atmosphere of anticipation. And if you go to your workplace tomorrow, you go out to cafes today, you go into your school and let that aroma come out of you, it will change the environment around you. And triple A atmosphere rating, number one, is an atmosphere or an aroma of appreciation and anticipation. Number two, it is an atmosphere or an aroma of acceptance and affirmation. Appreciation and anticipation has a lot to do with our attitude, our inner attitude toward God. Acceptance and affirmation is the attitude that we have toward others. The Bible says in Romans 15 that we are to accept one another just as Christ accepted you. How many of you are glad that Christ has accepted you? <laughs> Come on. Christ has accepted you. Acceptance says welcome. Welcome. When the father stood and the prodigal son started to come home, the father said, you are welcome. When Jesus was hanging on the cross and there was a thief next to him who committed crimes and justice was being served, he was a bad man. And, Jesus, and the man said, Jesus, will you take me? Will you accept me? And Jesus said, welcome. Acceptance says welcome. Affirmation says well done. See, when the father welcomed the prodigal son, he didn't, run, he didn't come to him and say, well, I guess I've got to take you back. After all, you're my son. 
or your mother will be angry with me if I don't take you back. Get on inside your little rat bag or your brat. I don't know. What's a Filipino word for that? Come inside, you mischief. I guess I have to have you. No. He didn't just tolerate the son. He celebrated the son. He said, welcome. And he affirmed his son. And he threw a party in his honor. He put shoes on his feet. He put a robe on his back. He accepted him. He affirmed him. And then he put a ring on his finger and he authorized him. He restored everything that he'd lost. He was accepted. He was affirmed. And he was authorized to represent the family again, even though he'd done a terrible job at it the months previous. Sleeping with prostitutes, sleeping with pigs. He'd really done a bad job. And yet the father welcomes him and affirms him. And the scriptures say that we are to do the same for one another. As Christ has accepted you, so also accept one another. The Bible also says that we are to encourage one another daily and build one another up. That's what affirmation does. It builds one another up. So when you see a brother or a sister worship lead for the first time, do communion for the first time, have a go at leading a life group or, or take some type of risk, you get behind them and you affirm them and you say, well done, well done. How many of you believe that a church environment that has welcome and well done is something that represents heaven and our Father well. That's what our Father is like, and that's what I believe this new community should be like as well as we spread the aroma of heaven everywhere we go. If you go to your workplace, your school, your family environment, whatever you're involved in in this community, and if you carry with you an attitude of acceptance and an attitude of affirmation, You will change the environment wherever you go. Amen. A triple A atmosphere rating, New Life the Ford. Number one is appreciation and anticipation. Number two, like the father who welcomed home his son, is acceptance and affirmation. Number three, something that ties everything together Authenticity. Jesus is real. Heaven is real. And for us to represent him well, it is so important we give ourselves to being genuine, to being authentic, to being real. The fragrance that we carry is real. And you know a fragrance that really smells bad and sometimes you can smell it a mile away is when people are being hypocrites. Whew. How many of you know what it's like to speak with someone and you know they're just not being honest with you? Sometimes Jay and I, we, we find ourselves speaking to someone and it's like They've got smoke all in front of their eyes. They don't want us to see the real them. We call it smoke screening. You know, you know, you know when you see a movie and, and the guys go in there with their guns and before they do, they throw in smoke grenades so, they, so, so you can't see the, that they're there. 
Sometimes people do that in conversation. They put up a smoke screen, a grenade, and, and you're, trying to, you're talking with them and you're trying to find out where they are. <laughs> where are you? I can't see with all this smoke. The opposite of authenticity is hypocrisy, where people put on a screen, put on a facade, because they don't want you to see the real them. And that stinks. The church community that Jesus wants to represent him well is a church that is authentic in everything we do. Authentic. When Jesus taught about hypocrisy, which is the opposite of authenticity, being hypocritical, when Jesus taught on that, he said, listen, hypocrisy is like a yeast. It's a little thing, but it changes the atmosphere that you put it in. When you put hypocrisy into a piece of dough, it will change that whole atmosphere. The smell, the fragrance, it'll work its way through the whole batch of dough. And you'll look at it and you go, there's something wrong with that. Something not quite right. And Jesus said in particular, there's two hypocrisies we need to guard against. The first is the teaching of Herod. And the second was the teaching of the Pharisees. Do you remember this? Pharisees and Herod represent politics and religion. And what politics and religion do is they put on a facade, a mask. Religion, no, politics puts on a mask to try to impress people. You fake something to try to impress people so you can win the favor of men. And win the next election. Religion puts on a mask, a facade, is hypocritical, pretends to be something it's not. Religion pretends to be something in order to try to win favor with God. As if you could ever fool him in the first place. And both of these two things stink. Trying to be something you're not to impress people. Or trying to be something you're not to try to impress God, religion, doesn't work. And it stinks. What God is after is authenticity. And again, that is one of the main reasons that your pastors here in New Life are so committed to grounding you in the gospel of grace. Because listen, when you understand that the Father has accepted you, and when you understand that the Father affirms you as you are, You can drop the masks. When I know that I am loved just the way I am, when I know that the only opinion that matters to me is the the opinion of my dad, whether I perform well, perform badly, whether I preach well, preach badly, minister well, minister badly, the only thing that matters to me is what my father says of me. That's all that matters. Whether people applaud me when I do well or people scorn me when I do badly, none of that matters to me. I, all I'm after is the accolades of heaven that I have found because I am in Christ Jesus my Lord. That is where my security comes. And when I am secure in my identity in Christ, because in the new covenant I am in him, As a new creation, I am like him. And I'm part of a new community that represents him. When I understand the wonder of the gospel, I can drop the mask. I can drop the facade and I can be real. Because quite frankly, I don't care about impressing people. I'm not going to waste my time and energy on this world, in this planet, trying to get people to like me. 
I don't care. I don't care if you're impressed with me or not. And I'm not going to try to pretend I'm something I'm not to try to win the approval of man because my security is not found in the applause of people or how many Facebook likes or friends that I have. My security is found in what God my Father says about me. I've got no need to try to impress Him because He knows who I am. He sees me in Christ. I'm not trying to impress God. I'm trying to be impressed by him. I'm trying to find areas where God impressed. Show me how impressive you are. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying to get, uh, get, get him impressed with me. You know, I'm not wasting my energy there. And I'm not going to waste my energy on trying to get people to be impressed with me. I'm just going to be real. And when we understand who we are in Christ, we can drop the mask. We can be authentic. We can be genuine. We can be real. Because you can have two bottles of perfume and they might look the same. They might have the same label. They might have the same color. They might have the same shape. But once you open them, you can tell if one's a fake. And you can tell the one that's genuine. How many of you have ever sat next to someone with really strong, bad perfume and you're like, (coughs) there's something just wrong about that. My friends, we carry the aroma of heaven with us. And heaven is real. And God has called us to be a genuine, authentic community. I love the fact that your leaders are exuberant, that they are full of life, that they want to present the best to represent Jesus well. But in presenting the best, they do not fake anything. Jesus is excellent. And so it's important for us to be excellent. We want to authentically represent him well. But we're not going to fake to be something we're not because we embrace authenticity all the way. And so as we accept one another and as we affirm one another, be genuine about it. Because God was genuine when he accepted you and he was genuine as he affirms you. And as you come to him with appreciation and as you look forward to anticipation of what he's going to do, Be authentic about it because you can't pretend with God. He knows who you are. So stop wasting your time and energy trying to get him to like you. He already loves you. He already, he digs you, you know. He thinks you're awesome. Enjoy it. Enjoy his favor on your life. Don't try to fake your way into favor. It's being gifted to you in Jesus. My friends, you are heaven sent to carry heaven's scent. And your job is to change the atmosphere and the environment around you. And I believe you are doing that new life. And I want to encourage you to do it all the more. Experience his life. Embrace his life. And exhibit his life to others. Amen. Can I pray for you? And for those on the fourth level as well, why don't we pray? Holy Spirit, we thank you that we are your vessels, jars of clay, these bodies that we have, to demonstrate with all authenticity that the all-surpassing power that we carry is not of us, but it's of you. 
I thank you, Father God, that you have filled us with your presence and you ongoingly will fill us with your presence. And I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to remove anything that is in the way of that presence being released through us. We are so grateful that your grace has come to us. And today we commit ourselves to seeing your grace work through us and touching others. In view of your mercy, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to you. In Christ, we are always led in triumphal procession. And through our life, you will spread the aroma of the knowledge of you everywhere. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit our website at newlifebefore.com.